The Blockhash Podcast is also brought to you by Viva Digital. Viva Digital has a team of experts that can solve the technological problems of your computer. They can also offer the best advice to carry out those computer projects that you have planned. They are located in beautiful Medellin, Colombia in Monterey Mall. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at vivadigital.com.co and don't miss any promotion. All of the awesome audio and beats on the Blockhash podcast are brought to you by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music. So go check out It's Tiger on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. What's up, guys? It is Wednesday, August 12th. This week on the podcast, I have Flip. He is the editor and editor at Bitcoin Magazine. We have an incredible conversation talking about... uh, the Bitcoin 2021 conference that will be coming up soon. We touch on the state of Bitcoin right now. We talk about the Lightning Network and a bunch of new products that they have right now, such as EarnCarrot.com and Bitcoin Black Friday. So we go into a lot of detail on some cool stuff that I think you guys are really going to enjoy in this episode. So as always, be sure to subscribe if you have not already and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about Bitcoin, Bitcoin Magazine, Flip himself or just blockchain. Enjoy. How you doing? How's everything going? Good. Uh, right now, got a neighbor upstairs um, deciding to run laps in his apartment. That's fine. It's very exciting. Oh, run laps upstairs? Well, are you in, <laughs> <laughs> are you in quarantine? <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I, I did go out, um, I was traveling this past weekend, so I am just staying away from the office as much as possible, but I, I don't, no symptoms or anything like that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys just been working remotely the most of the time? Um, I've been pretty much in and out. We, we got a new office, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were working, so we're, we're based in Nashville and we were working, um, a dead middle of downtown uh, in a pretty big building, probably a top five, I don't know, maybe six tallest buildings in Nashville, which isn't like massive, but you know, there's still a bunch of people there. And so we, we got out of that and moved into a much smaller place where we have like a ton more room. So I don't even sit, sit near, you know, maybe eight feet next to the closest person in, my, in, the, in the new office. So, um, yeah, it, it's been nice. We we just finished setting up our studio, kind of getting settled in. Uh, it's been nice. Nice. I, I've never been to Nashville. It seems like a really cool place. Is it, you know, if it's crypto friendly at all or? Yeah, Tennessee's been great. Um, so okay. there's, um, we're here, a bunch of the Monero folks are here too. Ah, nice. Enough. Um, so, and we, we've worked with a law firm here, Frost Brown Todd, uh, on a, a number of the projects that we have. Um, who ended up building a cryptocurrency specific practice out of our business, uh-huh. um, which has been pretty neat. So there's definitely a pretty good contingency here. Um, it was a little bit different a couple of years ago, but um, I think that's probably the same for everybody. I don't think that's a Nashville specific thing, but a lot of money here. There's oddly enough, even down the street, there was a, a team that was looking to open up a private club specific specifically for people in, interested in and involved in cryptocurrencies mm. um the two guys who were starting it were younger guys 
who were uh, coming from Texas where they had their family had built an oil specific private club. And so they saw the same kind of thing, but they came to Tennessee to do that, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Is there oil in Tennessee or like, what was the point? No oil. No, they, they, they just wanted to, they were oil guys or their family were oil people. And they moved to Tennessee to try to scout out some new opportunities. And they thought this was one of them. Um, Uh, Not a lot of oil here that I'm aware of. Um, The big thing, you know, around the corner will probably be cannabis and, um, you know, as far as us getting that through the door, I thought we were a little bit further along, but uh, I think everything's a little bit derailed right now, but we've also yeah. had some good legislation. The, you know, the capital is two blocks away from, from us. And um, we, we try to be as open as possible to uh, helping them kind of navigate the waters of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general. Very cool. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, cannabis is definitely an interesting industry uh, for sure. It's it's almost kind of funny that on the federal level, it's you know still classified in the same category as cocaine and other substances, and you know totally. you bar- barely bank with it. Um, but you know, crypto has already got you know approval to a degree uh, for banking. So it's it's kind of funny how some of these things work. It just doesn't make sense. Well, it's still hard. I mean, we've gone through multiple banks, um, so you know, the, there's. It's interesting in how these kind of bank boards decide to either bring you on or allow you to bank with them or not. Um, they, we had banked with one company, I won't, I won't name them, but mm-hmm. um, for multiple years. And they all of a sudden decided, you know what, we're just pulling out of this. It's a little bit too risky for us. We don't really understand it. We thought we'd be able to spend more time on it. And I think it was kind of comes down to um, them thinking that the market was going to get bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And they got in a little bit later. They probably came in as our banking partner in 2017, I think. And so, you know, probably it's just different expectations on there. And then they were trying to be a little bit risky and then they, they wanted to rein it in. Right. Um, right. So we have seen that with banking partners. Of course, you know, with cannabis, the great example right now is, is what Jack Mullers is doing with strike and, you know, their family um, with Bitcoin mom has, a cannabis operation thing that they're doing a store that they're trying to trial zap or I'm sorry, strike in um, and just use lightning as kind of the payment rail on the back end. And I think that's, that's really, really interesting stuff. And um, I've got a number of friends who are in the cannabis industry um, either from the media side or actually on the growing and operation side. And they are looking at Bitcoin but they don't, they, it's kind of the same thing. They don't necessarily want to use Bitcoin, but they do want to have the properties of Bitcoin, right? And so right. trying to figure this out has just been really, really difficult. So I think maybe these kind of lightning things may um, like strike may actually be a, a really great model for them. Yeah, they de- definitely might. I, I know a lot of marijuana companies because I've, I've grown up on the West Coast um, and they've definitely been very cannabis friendly for quite a while. <laughs> um, but I mean, they still have the same issues with banking. Um, and I know a lot of them have looked to crypto for uh, being a potential solution to help circumvent their banking issues. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that they're probably looking at similar solutions. And there's a lot of them out there at this point. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's, it's a matter of time. I mean, it's, it's, 
obviously I'm pretty biased here, but I think that there's an inevitability that Bitcoin will find either, you know, complete dominance of the market or it will find complete dominance of multiple smaller markets mm-hmm. um, of which, you know, cannabis could be one of those um, uh, gambling prediction markets, um, you know, prop bets on the stock market, whatever. I mean, there, there could be all kinds of different things there. Yeah. That are there. It's, it's very likely that one of these niche markets, you know, really adopts Bitcoin at some point. I mean, it's been around for a while, so I wouldn't be overly surprised. Um, from your perspective, though, have you guys had any banking issues, um, you know, being in the crypto industry? No, I mean, other, other than our bank just decided not to want to deal with us. I mean, it's, it, it wasn't necessarily difficult. We had another bank that we've been using forever that picked us right back up. Um, so it's, it's really just hit or miss, and it depends. We, we've also preferred to use smaller banks and not deal with a Wells Fargo. Right? Right. A lot of the Wells Fargo, right, does not have the greatest reputation as far as dealing with um, consumers and buying Bitcoin even, and, you know, is going as far as blocking transactions. So, you know, we don't, we don't want to support that. um, But we do want to support um, local banks and kind of get them up to speed with what's going on uh, in in the entire space. Yeah. The two banks that I've constantly run into that have always had an issue with crypto have been Wells Fargo and Chase. I'm I'm really not sure why. Um, but it's just kind of always been that way, but I, it'll probably change pretty soon. Um, Bank of America, sure. US Bank have been very, very friendly. So I've, I've tried to do business with them for quite a while. Yeah. And I think we're going to, you know, personally, I think that things like getting, going back to, to strike for a second, all right, mm-hmm. you know, they were in this, um, them and last, but we've covered them both recently. Uh, they're in this kind of new visa program to help bridge the gap between, you know, traditional banks and and what we're doing with Bitcoin. And then you also have this kind of revolution going on with banking as a service happening at a Barclays or a BBVA. And especially like a lot of these, like a BBVA is not um, a giant bank in any way. Barclays is big, but like BBVA isn't. But if they can kind of do this wallet is, or I'm sorry, big, um, banking as a service product, what they're going to be doing is really doing all the product management work for us on the Bitcoin side of saying, okay, well, yeah, API driven, everything, online, everything, mobile phone, everything. Now, how do I just put Bitcoin into that? Right. And so I think we're going to meet in the middle with these two platforms um, at some point. And that's, that's my bet on where we kind of converge with the traditional banking system would be through, um, these kind of mid-tier banks, uh, or it could be MasterCard, right? A um, little bit smaller than Visa. They're pretty open to banking as a service. They're looking at new products. They've got a really cool innovation team. Um, maybe that's somewhere they do, but Visa actually seems to have the upper hand right now. So we'll, we'll see. I, 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 lots of opportunities there to kind of work together uh, down mm-hmm. the road. Yeah, tons of opportunities. Um, other than that, it could just be one of the big tech companies too, just you know, buying a smaller bank or having a deal with a smaller bank and then totally. doing something linked to like what Twitter's done with uh, cash apps, uh, cash card or what PayPal's working on or just go to route of Coinbase. I mean, there's a lot of solutions there. Um, we'll probably see it in the tech industry pop up a lot quicker than we will um, within the traditional banking system, but it's, it's, it'll be prevalent everywhere. Yeah, there, there's tons of banks out there to buy. I mean, I, I, I've had friends be like, oh, I'm going to go buy a bank. Like, do what? Is that a thing that you can do? <laughs> um, you, you know, the, but it's all tech entrepreneurs who are saying, all right, I, I need 
the proper licensing. I need a kind of a head start on this stuff. I don't want to deal with, you know, bootstrapping a bank. Um, it's just much cheaper to buy some of these smaller regional banks and then and grow from there. So it seems like a solid strategy to me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, before we jump into it even more, um, t- tell me a little bit about your backgrounds and um, kind of how you got to work with like Bitcoin Magazine so like the audience can be a little bit more familiar with, uh, with who you are. Yeah, sure. So I've been with uh, BTC Inc., which is the parent company of Bitcoin Magazine for a couple of years now. Um, I got involved uh, through kind of some of our other alternative projects, not necessarily Bitcoin Magazine, uh, but I've been working with the magazine specifically for a little, about a year and a half or so. Um, my role here is uh, I put Webmaster on there, so I actually do manage the website, but also um, is one of the editors on the magazine. Uh, so a lot of the content that comes through is getting um, filtered through either my inbox or Peter Chihuahua, our managing editor, um, or Christian Krolis, who's uh, our multimedia editor. And so together, the three of us uh, kind of make up the direction of where we're taking Bitcoin Magazine. Um, and then uh, we'll also have, of course, Aaron Van Weerdum on the, on the technical editing side as well. Nice. Is the magazine your, your main product or is it mostly digital at this point or is it the website? Yep. So B- BTC Inc. does a number of things. I've got an entire list. Um, <laughs> so the main product that most people know us for is Bitcoin Magazine. Bitcoin Magazine's been around originally founded by Vitalik Buterin and Mihai Elise, um, both Ethereum co-founders uh, back in 2012. It was the first publication that focused on Bitcoin. Um, that that went for 22 uh, print editions. Um, it also was an online magazine as well. And then BTC Inc. started as Why Bitcoin, which is kind of a primer magazine for getting into Bitcoin. Um, in 2015, we purchased the assets of Bitcoin Magazine and took over that responsibility. Um, since then, we've been publishing online. We've uh, covered pretty much everything uh, about Bitcoin um, that you, you, you probably could. Mm-hmm. Um, since we've been around since 2012, we really believe ourselves to be the historians of Bitcoin in a lot of ways. Um, there's pretty much no topic that we haven't covered. Um, we don't shy away from technical topics. So unlike other publishers who really focus on news, we are more of a magazine. We focus on um, kind of pushing agendas and topics forward and really lending our voice to other Bitcoiners as much as possible, rather than simply reporting on the news of the day. Um, We think that that space is really interesting and we've done news over the years. We've also covered things that aren't Bitcoin before uh, Mm -hmm. over the years, but for the past two years, we've been 100% Bitcoin focused. Um, In addition to kind of Bitcoin Magazine, the the number two product that everybody kind of knows us for is the Bitcoin conference series. So we brought that back for Bitcoin 2019. Um, We were scheduled to do Bitcoin 2020 in March, but unfortunately couldn't have that. We were probably the first large conference to be canceled um, in San Francisco due to COVID. Um, And we've been planning Bitcoin 2021, uh, which will be April 30th uh, through May 1st in Los Angeles of next year, which we're pretty pumped. Hopefully we get to get 
to put it on. Uh, but we've got already Tony Hawk is one of the keynote speakers. Nick Sabo is one of the keynote speakers. We've got a lot of great programming and moving it down to LA for anyone who went to Bitcoin 2020 or 2019. Uh, it was kind of in this really cool old garage. It used to be a Honda dealership um, a number of years ago, but they turned it into an event space. Um, in LA, I can't announce the venue just yet. Oh, I think I, I think I know where that was, actually. I almost yeah, it's right that one. on Van Ness and Market. Was that in San Fran? Um, yeah, in San Francisco, yep. Okay. It, it was a blue Honda dealership, if you remember that. Familiar, um, yeah. Yep, so... Uh, moving it to LA and we've got uh, about four times the amount of space. So we're going to really make use of that um, and excited to come South and hopefully have a little bit better weather. Um, really excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then there's a number of other products that we do too, and I'm happy to go through those, but mm -hmm. um, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, re regarding Bitcoin 20. 19, 20, 20, 20, 21, um, when you guys do it, like what's it like mainly? Do you just uh, bring in a bunch of speakers and, and do like a huge speaker series or do you guys have like a focused agenda or like how does it kind of operate? Yeah, so we, we do go into it with some type of agenda. Um, this year we're still pretty early in planning that, but um, you know, obviously Taproot's probably the most important thing to be really thinking about and then once Taproot is activated, what do we do with Taproot? And there's a bunch of really cool stuff that's coming out. Uh, we just had a great article Aaron uh, did on payment pools. That's like one thing that's enabled by Taproot kind of getting activated. So pretty, pretty stoked about that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of panels, um, keynotes. We had Edward Snowden was our keynote speaker for 2019. Mm -hmm. um, Tim Draper came and spoke as well. Um, a bunch of really great stuff. Um, and we also pride ourselves on the fact that we bring a ton of art to um, kind of the, the community. We, we think, you know, Bitcoin is, it's a tool, right? At the end of the day, it's money. It's the hardest money we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So it enables so much more stuff, right? It is not the end all be all. It's not, you know, it's a means to the end, which is freedom, right? It's the... Uh, the ability to have uh, sovereign money from the government. And so there is this kind of cultural aspect that we always want to be propping up. And so art is super important to us as well. We've got um, two great in-house uh, graphic designers and artists, um, Pat and Tommy, who do tremendous work. Um, and uh, for even for like Bitcoin 2019, we brought in a guy, uh, Greg Mike, who's a pretty well-known artist out of Atlanta, who does graffiti. Um, and we did a, he painted the, 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 uh, an entire wall mural for two days, and then we painted over it at the end, right? Um, a lot of cool pictures. If you go look, it's, it was up on the roof at 2019. So, you know, we, we don't want to do um, just lectures, right? It's not just technical content. There is some of the higher level, you know, how do we, um, embed ourselves with, you know, in the traditional banking system. How do we teach our parents and grandparents what's going on? How do we speak to the artists, right? Uh, because Bitcoin is an important thing to get the message out about. And that's going to take a bunch of different mediums and a bunch of different directions, right? It's not going to be the same story working for everybody.
Right, right. And it, it's important to bring people together, you know, at least once in a year and, you know, foster that community and, you know, in, engage people, you know, throw around ideas, educate sure. people. Like, so probably the biggest issue out there is just so many people don't quite understand Bitcoin still to this day, like average people or just aren't comfortable with it because the, the news has been back and forth on it. Um, so, yeah, doing these things is very, very important. So glad you guys do. Yeah, thank you. I, it, it's probably the coolest thing that we do. I think in uh, the way I describe it with 2019 is we had no idea it was going to be as cool as it was. Like we're a bunch of Bitcoiners that wanted to put something together. We did mm -hmm. it. And by the time we woke up from the dream that was happening, it was the coolest thing that we had ever put together. And so since then, I mean, it, it really invigorated us for 2020. I, 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 we had entire streets shut down so Tony Hawk could come skateboard through there. We were, oh man, I, we were doing all kinds of fun stuff, right? We had a, a circus rooftop that we were doing because we were, it, it was going to be in March. So San Francisco, it's a little bit rainy at that period. So we were going to try to, to get our wrist there. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff we didn't get to do, but 21 is going to be great. And I'm pretty, pretty pumped for it. Yeah. That's awesome. Is it safe to say that Tony Hawk hodls Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the, the big reason he's involved is because the Tony Hawk foundation accepts Bitcoin and oh, cool. he wanted to be a part of that. Um, so we're, we, they've been amazing to work with and super open and, um, Tony Hawk's been incredibly cool about it. And go figure, right? Yeah, that's awesome. He's the coolest guy, uh, coolest guy ever. Yeah, it really sounds like it. Well, what were some of the other products um, that you're mentioning as well, other than the, the conference? Yeah, so under the Bitcoin Magazine umbrella, um, we, we do a bunch of other stuff. So we have um, a number of podcasts that we do. Um, we've also introduced uh, a couple of new products there, like Technical Tuesdays. So recently, Rusty Russell just came and gave us a big rundown on what's going on with Lightning. We're doing unboxing reviews, um, AMA. So we did an AMA with Jack Mollers from Strike. We did an AMA with Zach um, Herbert from Foundation Devices. Um, here just recently, we've got um, BitcoinHalving.com, which is a website specifically on the halving with content from um, our 21 hour live stream that we did during the halving, which was amazing to produce. And we had hundreds of guests on that show over the 21 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, really, really cool stuff there. And we're also rolled out two new products. So one of them is called carrot. It's earncarrot.com, which is a lightning enabled, um, rewards marketplace. So we're kind of starting with Bitcoin magazine rewards, but hopefully we'll get um, other brands involved on there as well. But the idea is you come and do something that kind of helps build affinity for your brand um, and kind of builds our connection together as you as the consumer and we'll pay you out in lightning. Um, so you can earn sats for doing things as simple as surveys, but also uh, until just recently, uh, we've had uh, giving out 5 million sats to first time contributors to Bitcoin Core. Um, so if you, if you had a PR that got accepted um, after July 1st, we were going to give you 5 million um, sats on that. But we've recently been in touch with a lot of the folks from Core um, online. Some of it's public in Twitter and some of it's private conversations. Um, they didn't want to create too much spam. So we're looking, um, kind of going back to the drawing board and seeing where we can add some different bounties to help um, add first-time contributors. Some of the, 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 we don't want to basically incentivize um, really small kind of trash 
commits to core that are valuable in some way, but aren't really kind of unblocking some of the bigger stuff that's going on. And that's really what we want to do there. So that's uh, carrot at earncarrot.com. And then we just okay, how announced- do you, How do you spell carrot? C-A-R-R-O-T. Okay. Like the fruit or vegetable, whichever one that is. Let's go with uh, vegetable. vegetable I guess. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then the next product that we just announced is Bitcoin Black Friday, which is something that used to exist. And we are kind of bringing that back too. That's, that's kind of what we do is bring back stuff from the dead a little bit. Um, so mm-hmm. Bitcoin Black Friday historically has had thousands of merchants um, who accept Bitcoin or, or selling Bitcoin related products in some way. Um, and we have just started outreach for that. So if you're interested in joining us, if you're a merchant, uh, because merchant adoption is so important to be pushing, which I find, mm-hmm. um, that we're trying to get everybody to focus on that and how their friends who are merchants or, um, you know, whatever it is to, to give a discount or something like that for people um, buying or selling in, in Bitcoin or, or lightning there. So BitcoinBlackFriday.com is that. And there's a sign up there. Um, on the website, not too much on the website just yet. We, we literally just launched that um, last week, I believe. And um, pretty pumped about it. So we're busy. I mean, we're all over the place. We've got a ton of different products. It sounds like um, you're busy. Yeah, it, and there's a dozen people. So for a dozen people to put on, you know, uh, a SaaS product, um, Bitcoin Black Friday, a conference, Bitcoin Magazine, uh, we also have the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast network. So that's letstalkbitcoin.com. Um, some of the great shows like uh, Peter McCormick's Let's Talk Bitcoin has been on there. Format at Crypto, um, Tatiana's show. There's, there's a bunch of different shows on there. Um, and we do the videos. We put out you know 50 videos in the past month on our YouTube channel. So a lot of content, a lot of stuff about Bitcoin. It's all about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. If you like Bitcoin, you probably should like us. Um, if you're not following us on Twitter, if you're not doing all that, you got to go do that. You're insane if you're not. Yeah, guys, you got to make sure you do that at this point. <laughs> the the Bitcoin Black Friday thing sounds pretty cool. I, I need to take a look at that. Um, maybe I can. It's get... something we're 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 thrilled with it. So John Holmquist was running it before. Um, we 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 decided to take it over um, and kind of run with it. Um, the merchant adoption is just so important, right? And if, if you're not currently integrating with Bitcoin, there's great options out there. Um, of course, there's the, the open source favorite with BTC Pay server. Um, BitPay has a strong product still. Um, OpenNode has a great product. We've used them before for our ticket flow for the, the um, conference. So, and there's a number of other payment processors out there. I won't go through everybody. What's the easiest one to use? Because I know there's a lot of merchants out there that, you know, they want to do it, but they have trouble, you know, understanding like the knowledge necessary to set it up and do it. Is there one that's fairly streamlined? Uh, Yeah, I think it it really depends on your POS and where you're accepting. So if Mm -hmm. let's say you're doing a simple online store, like through uh, WordPress and WooCommerce, Mm -hmm. um, Pretty easy to get started with a BTC pay server. Honestly, there's a lot of tutorials out there. Um, that team has been, is so incredibly helpful. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, it's a team that goes by a lot of pseudonyms and seems a little bit scary sometimes, but uh, they are the nicest uh, team out there. They're always willing to help. Um, they're out there in their chat channels. They're out there on Twitter. Um, into, I always want to be supportive of what they're doing. 
Um, and so I, I definitely would rep them if you're doing something as simple as that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's probably the majority of sites or some configuration that, or maybe a Shopify, uh, which there's options for that as well. Mm -hmm. Open Note is also pretty easy. I, I, I've, I've done that hands-on too um, and been pretty excited about what they provide. And they've they got some new stuff too. They've got like ACH banking and some other new features. We haven't covered it in the magazine, but they've told us about it. Um, again, we kind of stay away from some of the newsy type stuff, but mm -hmm. we're, we're always watching the kind of the market and trying to test stuff out. Gotcha. And what about that's one of that's one of the reasons we built Carrot is we just want to play with Lightning more often. Mm -hmm. uh, we a couple of us are engineers. I'm, I'm a software engineer by trade, so um, you know we want, we want to be as hands on as possible. What do you think about Lightning? I know it's been growing tremendously. I'm, last time I really paid attention to it was late 2019, but um, it's it's grown tremendously in popularity and it's very effective. Do you think it's something that could really you know help Bitcoin be used as a payment method? Yeah, I, I think we're seeing innovative use cases that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, Strike and, and they're just using Lightning as a payment rail. I think that's a really innovative use case. Um, uh, we actually did a technical Tuesday on discrete log contracts um, and some of the stuff that it enables. I won't go through all that. It's a little bit too technical and detailed, but I'm of the thought personally that lightning will be the backbone kind of for the next internet. It's, it's really powerful. It's not just sending small amounts of sats, right? Mm -hmm. um, juggernaut Sphinx, right? There's chaps, chat messaging, right? Where they're basically sending like one sat messages around. Um, that's really, really neat. So if we can kind of start packaging, you know, interesting signature schemes uh, together and not just thinking of lightning as uh, sending sats, I think we'll kind of see that it, it can be the backbone for kind of a, a, a better internet that's, you know, based on privacy. It's being sent around through Tor. Right. Um, and also has money baked in. Um, of course, that's Bitcoin. And uh, I think that's that's going to be really cool. So uh, it, it's just going to take more time than everybody's wanting to um, spend on it. Lightning is very hard. Uh, Lightning Labs has released some new cool products. Lightning Terminal just came out. Um, Lightning Loop is really cool to help with channel rebalancing. Um, we use those products internally for um, uh, or products similar to that, maybe uh, for carrot. Um, so it's got a, it's got some room to grow for sure. It's not the the back end of Lightning is not for the faint of heart, mm -hmm. um, but the end user will never have to deal with that at the end of the day. Anyways, they'll scan a QR code, they'll send Sats, they'll send a QR code, they'll send a message. Yeah, the end, the end user part of it has been pretty good uh, from my perspective at least i remember early 2019 they had a thing they might still have it where you could buy domino's pizza with with uh bitcoin through the lightning <laughs> yep. network i remember doing that it was the coolest thing ever i just opened up my wallet i just uh clicked on the little app to do it ordered a pizza and i was i was stunned that you could do it that way um but yeah, there's, there's a lot they can do with that. I'm, I'm very excited to see how they scale that up and like from the user end, what, what people are going to be able to do with it. Yeah, tons of different teams working on, you know, various implementations of Lightning. Um, and again, it, it's these kind of more experimental uh, things like what, what 
Jack is doing with Strike, um, what Juggernaut's doing, or Sphinx as far as messaging, that I'm super excited for. Um, I think that um, there's just a lot of use cases that we haven't gotten anywhere near because we're so early on this. Mm -hmm. And Lightning, I think, just hasn't gotten as much attention. I think we covered a lot at Bitcoin Magazine. I think um, I'm biased, but the seminal pieces on Lightning exist on Bitcoin Magazine. So if you're not familiar with Lightning, go, go check it out. There's a lot of great stuff on there. But um, yeah, it's just going to take a little bit of time. And I, I think more developers um, getting involved with Lightning um, and not just thinking it's money, but thinking, oh, wow, this is this is a completely new tool um, that's available to us that, that, that does use Bitcoin, but is not completely focused on money. Gotcha. I mean, how can developers get involved um, with building out Lightning? Like, do you know where they could go? Yeah, I mean, any of the Lightning products, um, it's definitely the way to start. This is another group of people, just like I was talking about BTC right. Pay Server. Um, they're pretty wide open. The Lightning um, IRCs and email lists and all that kind of good stuff is the way to go. Um, so if you're a developer, I, I think it's... Um, pretty pretty normal how you'd start out with, as, as far as contributing on any open source project, but that's definitely the way to do it is go through um, and catch up with some of those um, email lists and um, IRC chats. That, that um, and just getting it running um, in the first place. If, if you're, you know, running um, a Raspy Blitz or a MyNode BTC server and any kind of stuff, all of them come with Lightning enabled. All of them have Tor enabled. Um, so, you know, go, go spin up one of those nodes, start playing with it, start looking under the hood a little bit and getting familiar with uh, some of the terminology. Um, it is a little bit different. There are specific terms to Lightning um, mm -hmm. that you got to get familiar with, but it's it's the probably same amount of learning curve as anything else um, that's as technical as what we're dealing with. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to refer that to some of my friends. I know they'd be interested in, in, in getting involved in that area of Bitcoin as well. Um, in, in terms of when you guys publish something, do you guys like to focus on the technical aspects or do you go for a more opinionated approach? Um, like, like what's your, um, your method before you like publish something or do you do both or like what, what kind of things are you putting out there? Yeah. So, we opinions I do like opinions um, you know first and foremost what we want to do is make sure that we're adding to the story of Bitcoin and kind of pushing it forward so we are opinionated um, all of us have an opinion somewhere on like how do we activate taproot for instance okay mm -hmm. so we try not to share our direct opinions too much. So sometimes we'll write articles, um, like Aaron uh, will write articles, but they're gonna be pretty factual, pretty technical. Um, I write some stuff, but when I write stuff, it's gonna be news um, or um, you know a review or something like that. I don't really get into you know my specific interpretation of how we should go about activating softworks. Um, but what we do wanna do is, enable those conversations. So for example, Bitcoin Independence Day, we did a six hour live stream. We did three debates and the first debate was specific on how do we activate um, 
uh, how, how do we activate Taproot or more generally, how do we go about doing user activated uh, soft forks? And we had Luke Dasher um, and Eric Lombrazo come kind of debate that and talk it out a little bit with um, Aaron as um, the moderator. And that was a really, really cool conversation because you're going to see, you know, kind of the difference of opinions there. And we want to facilitate that conversation um, and not really pick too many sides in that battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to 2017 and Segwit, we had an opinion. Uh, we wrote about everybody's opinion. Um, we, we definitely, I think it was pretty obvious the way we were pushing it. Uh, we didn't really um, shy away from it, but we, we, we didn't really make um, a hard statement or, you know, plant a flag in the ground. And, and we'll, we'll try to avoid that as much as possible. Um, that said, we don't talk about Bitcoin Cash. We don't talk about Bitcoin Unlimited. We don't talk about Bitcoin XT. We don't talk about, you know, um, a lot of these things. We don't talk about yams. Uh, yams are pretty popular today. Um, so um, we, we have covered that stuff in the past, um, but anything that's um, non-Bitcoin related definitely has a little bit of a higher threshold to kind of get written about. So that would generally be maybe something around stable coins, um, because they're obviously still pretty important to the Bitcoin ecosystem and central bank digital currencies. Um, still pretty important of what's going on. So even Libra would fall under that. Although, you know, Libra is not Bitcoin. It's not a cryptocurrency at all. Um, the, the regulation, the scrutiny that Libra is going through, what they're doing to kind of navigate their waters, I think it is important because it's going to teach us some lessons. Um in some way for the Bitcoin community. Um, so, you know, that's it. And at the end of the day, we, we just kind of make a judgment call. There's a couple of us. Um, we do the best we can and we try not to cloud everybody's uh, feed with uh, non-Bitcoin content as much as possible. Right, right. And that makes sense too. Um, but uh, yeah, even, even things like Libra, I mean, they do kind of shape the waters a little bit in some ways for Bitcoin, potentially in a positive or negative light. Um, just you know, because Facebook's so big, um, so I imagine it's something that's worth talking about. Yep, for sure. And here's a cool one though. Like uh, at the same time as, you know, I guess last year's Libra was really kind of hitting its stride. Uber also um, released a kind of new product where they called it Uber Wallet, which was the ability to get paid on demand. Basically, they knew you're going to keep driving. So we'll allow you to instantly withdraw money so you can buy gas for your car, right? If you're in the middle of your day, rather mm-hmm. than, you know, having to front your gas for it. Um, Stripe, uh, Stripe does something similar where they're, um, you know, fronting money to businesses based on their accounts receivable. Um, so the fact, though, that Uber and Libra, they're all calling these things wallets. Like wallet is probably one of my least favorite terms in Bitcoin in general. But the fact that that terminology is picking up and we're influencing the giant tech companies as well, mm-hmm. it, it's a sign that we are intertwined. We are together, right? And so we have to be paying attention to what they're doing. Even though Uber isn't calling what they're doing their settlement a cryptocurrency, why wouldn't they want to use Lightning on the back end to help settlement and move that money around, right? Especially from an international perspective. Right. And that's going to be these conversations that uh, start happening at these kind of corporate levels of, oh, it's we don't actually have to hold Bitcoin. We can just use Bitcoin, right, potentially. 
Um, and I think that'll be um, um, some fun conversation. So we got to pay attention. And, and yeah, Libra, for sure, we got to pay attention to it. I, I think it's um, I, I think it's a net positive over a net negative. Personally, um, mm-hmm. it gets people thinking about stuff. And you know, if Facebook decided you know that they wanted to really kind of push down on it, they would. I think Facebook um, has made, and Uber both actually, have made an entire business over moving faster than the government can. So for them to hold back the reins a little bit, you know, is only out of design. It's it's not because they don't want to or they can't. Um, Mm -hmm. They could could blast through these regulations as fast as they wanted to, and the government can never catch up. Um, But I think they've they've learned their lessons from... um, maybe the, the past previous years and um, yeah, moving, moving I think there's a lot of truth things. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, especially with Uber too. Um, they're, I, I love Uber. So I'm not saying anything bad about them, but they're a very uh, sneaky company. <laughs> um, very, not, yeah. not in a bad way. Also innovative in a sneaky way. Um, just taking like the Latin market, for example, there's, there's tons of huge cab unions and everything. Um, that have really pushed back against Uber for quite a while. And Uber will um, reform in that country as a smaller company under Uber. And it'll be called the same thing. They'll just like change a letter or something. And they'll reshape their laws to find a loophole in the the local laws for the city or for that government so that they can operate. Um, They've done that in Colombia. They've done that in Argentina. Um, I remember they went as far as accepting Bitcoin uh, for Uber rides mm-hmm. in Argentina back in like 2018 because no one wanted to take dollars because of the, their currency crashed like uh, 40%. Uh, or no one wanted to take pesos, excuse me. They only wanted dollars or Bitcoin. Um, so they've been very, very flexible in a lot of ways. Um, but a lot of props to them for being that creative. And then Facebook, on the other hand, they're just out innovating. I mean, the government's ability to uh, put out any type of regulation at this point. Um, they're, they're going way too fast. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Bitcoin starts getting integrated into big companies like this pretty soon. Um, this is not even a lot of laws out to regulate Bitcoin, honestly, even in the U S at this point. Yep. Totally. I, I, again, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm of the boat that this is an inevitability that this is, the best money um, that can be out there. And uh, of course, you know, yesterday we had um, MicroStrategy picking up a 10th of the percent of the entire supply of Bitcoin, right, for their reserves. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of news is, um, it's only going to accelerate from here. Um, you know, I, I think that we have kind of hit this sweet spot of post having a pop to look at um, relations in, in, in the United States with everybody freaking out from the, you know, the virus or from a riot. Mm-hmm. And we've uh, entering in a political election that has no winners, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, nobody can plan six months out in advance. So it's a little bit yellow right now. And that means people are open to alternative uh, answers or what we can do to, to build better economies and, and build strength. So I, now is the time. I hope everybody is, you know, talking to their friends again and, and, and uh, kind of putting Bitcoin out there in the, the best light. But I, I think um, 
more and more people will just kind of keep flocking to us because the government and um, kind of the the situations that we're in globally with from, from this pandemic have really just going to push people to us naturally. Um, it's it's going to be a, a, a kind of a great time here, hopefully soon, especially with the having, you know, you reduce the supply at the same time. It's just, you couldn't wish for anything better. It's a perfect storm. Yeah. I, I feel like some of that stuff psychologically still hasn't really kicked in yet. Um, and I know historically some of that has taken a time, half a year, a year for it to really like, um, for that threshold to be, to be hit with people. Um, but I mean, since the, the lockdown globally with the pandemic, uh, Bitcoin and, you know, most other cryptos have performed very, very well. Um, I think that also helps solidify it as, you know, as an alternative asset class and Bitcoin is, you know, potentially as a store of value or, you know, potential future payment form of money over the internet. Um, and I, I think that really helps validate it. Um, but, you know, as we go through and get close to the election and the end of 2020 and who, who else knows what's going to happen in this crazy year. <laughs> um, what, totally. what do you think, um, you know, the outlook looks like for Bitcoin at this point? Do you think Bitcoin's going to actually, you know, take off and start reaching much higher numbers, um, you know, based on the having, uh, based on daily trade volume and popularity, or do you think it's going to actually start stabilizing? What do you think is more likely, I guess? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, we had a great conversation, uh, a little bit of a roundabout to this about KYC and is it going to kill Bitcoin or not? And Ragnar uh, was on one end of this saying, you know, I don't give a shit if nobody uses Bitcoin, but there's a couple of people and they learn it the hard way and they all earn Bitcoin and, you know, we're all miners, right? Um, as long as we have it, then we're fine. And we don't need KYC. Um, kind of this purist men mentality. And, mm -hmm. and I I understand that and identify with that in some way. And then we had Parker Lewis from Unchained Cap looking at it and saying, you know what? We need as many people as possible, right? We KYC is, uh, it's a speed bump. It's not the end of the world. Um, you know, uh, there, there are rules that we got to play by and that's completely okay. And sacrificing uh, adoption, the speed of adoption is uh, probably an okay thing. So, I'm probably in the book that, um, you know, we've got a bunch of people sitting at home. We've got a people, a bunch of people who are desperate to make money because they don't have jobs. I think we've got a bunch of people who can't gamble on sports and just nuked Robin Hood. Um, mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency is something that they've heard about in a lot of cases, um, specifically Bitcoin, because that's still going to be your, your household brand name. And if the price goes up, then I think it's just inevitable that these people will follow and start learning about it again. And we go through the same exact cycle of 2016 and 2017. Um, and probably a, a big bust at the end too, right? I, I think that that's just kind of how it works, right? Someone's always going to be late to that party. Um, and someone was already early to the party and needs to get out. So um, I, I think we'll see the same thing again. I, I don't know why we wouldn't. Um, and even if it didn't happen and we ended up with, you know, a small subset of people who were uh, trading and using Bitcoin um, for another 10 years behind the scenes, I think that it's still only going to be a stronger product by then. And it's then at that point, we'll have to look at this and say, all right, is it inevitable now? And we'll come to it. I just don't see where 
Bitcoin regresses technically from where we are now. Mm. I don't think we get loose with the code. I don't think we introduce new vulnerabilities. I don't think we start getting wild. The maximalists are, you know, doing a great job at keeping Bitcoin very focused. Um, I, 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 I just don't see where it, I don't see where it goes away. Um, I can see where maybe there's another set of use cases that come on for um, things that aren't money, right? Um, there's a lot of cryptocurrencies um, or projects out there that you know talk about being money that that, that they aren't. Uh, of course, this this week's conversation, or I guess last week's conversation, fled into this one, is you know calculating the available the actual supply, right? On Ethereum, it's those kind of things that make Ethereum not money. Um, I like the idea of DeFi. Um, but they really kind of bring us back into the system that we already have that exists with fiat. And, and that's kind of the stuff that we're trying to avoid. If we have the first proof of we scarce asset in the world, why not double into that? And I get that it can seem boring, but if you go and look at what's actually happening inside of core and what's actually happening inside of lightning, um, and what is going to get enabled from a privacy side with taproot, those three things are, are, are clutch. They're, they're just massive. So there's not a developer. If, if, if you're a developer right now and you think that you've got to go use a smart contract to go build something to go do this thing, then I think you're not looking critically hard enough at what's going on in Bitcoin. And I think that, um, you know, you should at least spend some time with us and try to figure out how you can help. Um, mm. This revolution will be driven by Bitcoin. Um, it will not be driven by Ethereum or Tron or name name whatever else the other things are. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't keep up as much. Um, right. Well, yeah. there's there's a lot out there. It's hard to keep up with everything. Um, yeah, totally. It's. Not- I think that's cool. I think it's cool to experiment. I, I I'm I'm not. Um, you know, we're Bitcoin first. I'm Bitcoin first, right? I'm not against people experimenting with these things. It just it's not money though. It, it's they're solving different problems, right? World computer problems. I'm all into, right? Um, I think that's really, really cool. And I think that um, some of the mechanics um, from like proof of stake are, are interesting. I think they should be tried out. Uh, let's see if it works. Um, I don't think that proof of stake would work well in a Bitcoin environment, right? The centralization factor there, uh, the fact that the exchanges are now going to be kind of the, 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 the you know, the big stick in the room, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a problem, to be honest. Um, I like the fact that I can run a node on Bitcoin and I am the big stick along with everybody else who runs a node. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the, the previous history proves that, that it's not the miners, it is the people running the nodes and um, uh, agreeing to the rules there. So, you know, I'm excited for them. I, I just, I, I see it as a different class of problems. It's, it's, um, it's like a different food group. Absolutely. And I, I find it really hard to see uh, Bitcoin regressing in, in really any way at this point. Like it's very possible, you know, that it runs up in price, has a big crash to go through another bubble cycle. I mean, that's probably going to happen indefinitely um, multiple times for quite a while. But, you know, in terms of like, its adoption and its popularity, it's, it's grown so much at this point has really validated itself as an, at least as an asset. 
Um, I, I really don't see how much it could actually regress other than governments taking a really hard line stance and actually the opposite is happening. Um, yeah. You, I, in places like China too, like very controlled places like China, um, you have courts ruling in favor of, of Bitcoin holders and you have mm-hmm. government trying to produce their own cryptocurrency. Um, so, I mean, even in a contentious crypto you know, state, something like that, I mean, you're even seeing development. So I, I don't see it going backwards. No. And, and, and so the only attack that, or sorry, the attack that I'd be worried about would be the government accepting Bitcoin for taxes and then not accepting coins they seem they deem as tainted, right? Mm-hmm. So if they go through some analysis and say, oh, this was used in drug trade and you've got some of these coins, right? Then you can't um, use that. Of course, that, that eventually every coin will be touched by drug trade, right? Or something illicit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they try to destroy that fungibility, um, but accept it at the same time, I think it's like a double-edged sword, right? It's like, good, all right, great. We, it's, it's some type of uh, confirmation that what we're doing is really great, but bad because they're going to kind of bleed us out a little bit. Um, I think that that's a potential attack vector. But otherwise, I, uh, you know, I, I think we're good. I think it'll, it'll, it'll have the potential to become a reserve currency for either businesses or a market or something like that. I don't know that we'll ever get to, you know, USD levels necessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. I hope we do. Um, But it's okay. It's part of the journey and it's part of the ride. And and I think Bitcoin is adaptable and set up for success already to withstand a lot of these attacks. And, um, you know, every, every attack we have seen, let's say, like take it from China or India or the United States government or, um, New York, right? As far as even a bit license, like these little microaggressions against Bitcoin, what have they done? Nothing, right? Um, we're still here. We're still doing it. It's only growing. There's only more people using it. And technically it's only getting stronger at the end of the day. And we're getting more abilities. Um, so, you know, it's early for sure, but I don't, I don't see how we regress at all. And I don't see what they're going to do. Yeah, it's Bitcoin's very inevitable. And I think a lot of people, organizations, governments have realized that probably by this point, if they haven't earlier, um, and it's beautiful piece of decentralized software. So it's not going anywhere anyways, even if it did regress a little bit. Um, but it's, it's a fun journey to watch and be a part of, and that's probably a good place to end it too. Cause I do got to run in a minute, but, um, Flip, thank you for taking the time to come on and everything. Awesome conversation. Um, I think a lot of people will enjoy learning a little bit more about you know, some journalism in the space and um, you know, what you guys are doing at Bitcoin Magazine. Um, oh, and like, uh, w- where can people find you guys? Um, like, wh- where are you guys on social media? It's btcmagazine.com? No, Bitcoin Magazine, at Bitcoin Magazine. Um, already around 600,000 people are following us, so come join us if you're not already watching. Okay. Um, and if you're interested in the conference, it's b.tc slash conference. It's a little bit longer. Uh, b.tc is a domain that we're kind of starting to put some new products under that um, aren't necessarily Bitcoin Magazine focused, but are there for Bitcoiners. And if you're creating content or you want to create content or you want to help produce content, give me a shout. Editor at BitcoinMagazine.com is my email address. And I will do my best to try to get you helping in some way. Um, We really 
we don't have that many content creators on the team. We really do kind of want to facilitate the larger, you know, Bitcoiners supporting other Bitcoiners. Um, so if you got an opinion or something like that, there's probably a podcast we can put you on. If you've got, you know, something cool you want to show off technical, come see me on Technical Tuesdays. We'll get you on there. And then another really great show that we've done um, on Thursdays, every Thursday is Drinks in Quarantine. And that's kind of a general conversation with about a half dozen, maybe 10 people that uh, CK runs. And, and uh, there's a, an episode, last week was meme warfare. It was pretty fun. And the week before <laughs> that was all about mining. And if you're like, not to belabor this, but Bitcoin Magazine, we can focus on mining different than other publications because we're focused on Bitcoin, right? We don't have to worry about the news. We can do that kind of stuff. So go watch that mining episode. It's unbelievable what these guys are doing. It's, it's, uh, it's they're like the Illuminati of Bitcoin, right? Behind the scenes. Especially what's the, the podcast States. called? Uh, Drinking in Quarantine or? Drinks in Quarantine. So Drinks you can find that on our YouTube channel. Um, but also we throw up all of our videos on bitcoinmagazine.com too. So go up there and you can get to the YouTube channel pretty easily. Perfect. Guys, go check it out. Hit them up. Um, awesome. I'll throw some links in the description as well so they can easily find some of this stuff. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. And thanks for taking the time to come on. Really appreciate it. Um, have, have a great day, man. All right. Take it easy.